Welcome to the Habibis Podcast. Three game developers drink good Arab tea. I'm your host, Fawzi Mazmar. I'm Rami Ismail. And I'm Ahmed Salama. Ah, Ahmed Salama, not Osamadorius. No. Nope. So it's, it's a, is it a, is, what is it? Is this like a replacement Osamadorius? <laughs> uh, just while he's moving. He's moving house. He's moving right. house. All right. Well, it's good to have, it's good to have a guest. Indeed. A guest Habibi. A guest Habibi. <laughs> Ahmed, maybe you can tell um, can I tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, I'm Ahmed. I uh, am UX director here at Ubisoft in Stockholm. Close by Fauzi. I, I live literally two tube stops away from you. Yeah. And um, um, yeah, before that, I worked at DICE as a UI lead, lead programmer. And before that, Guerrilla Games. Worked on a bunch of games uh, in my career. Awesome. I mostly do UI, UX stuff, uh, design just code. A, a bunch of games. You just you know, you know, you list like Gorilla Dice, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, bunch of games. Mm. That's like that's like me saying a bunch of games. Ah. Is, uh, <laughs> trying to be, you know, uh, <laughs> just hum, hum, humble, yeah, very humble. humble. <laughs> so, this is. It's like it's like a little it's like a little different from from most Arabs where they're like oh I worked on this oh you worked on that I worked on this one this is this is on the air man yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> is because it's on the air it's on record yeah. well we I think I think we just got used to being on the air a lot folks maybe that's the problem. maybe we got too used to it maybe that's the problem uh, Ahmed so glad to have you thank you thanks for inviting me over it's been a long time coming actually. Yeah, I, I, when you first started this, I, I was poking Fauzi. I'm like, hey, hey, when are you going to get me on? Get me on. <laughs> <laughs> also, can I just say two two tube stops in Stockholm, to me, that is still an impossible. That's I can't fathom the amount of time because I can never understand the name of the tube stop I'm going to. <laughs> it'll, be something, it'll be spelled something like Hotorgatan. Yeah. And it's pronounced yeah. like, you're on or something. And I'm like, what? <laughs> What? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be sitting in the tram. I'll be sitting in the tube, just being like, "No, that doesn't sound like." <laughs> like twenty-five minutes later, I'm on the edge of Stockholm, and it's just like, <laughs> "Yeah, this is the end of this is the end of the this is the end of the line." I'm like, "What? What?" Yeah, between. And I'm waiting for this one, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, that was the second stop." I'm like, "What?" I, I'm I'm just utterly shocked that anybody understands how things are written there. But, I'll, you I was know. talking to a friend here, and uh, he's he's Brazilian and who lives here in Stockholm, and uh, we were saying like, "Oh, you you live." far away and he's like coming from sao paulo being you know <laughs> three kilometers away from the center is not far away man yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if it's like if it's under 45 minutes to take a train anywhere that's not far right yeah, yeah. and the netherlands 45 minutes brings me out of the country <laughs> 45 minutes is german in cairo in cairo you can travel for four hours and still be in the city like you're not right. if you get unlucky you're still in the neighborhood just standing between two broken down buses <laughs> Exactly. Cairo, you want to, on the bridge. You want to drive as little as possible to maximize right. your life expectancy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> anyway, uh, video video games. Video games. Ahmed, uh, you you're you're the guest. You can yeah. get to tell us if you've been playing any video games recently. Um, yes, I've been playing Psychonauts from the moment oh. Psychonauts two from the moment it dropped on Game Pass. I've been playing that. Uh, what a wild thing, right? That you know yeah. this this. Uh, this big game comes out and it's available day one on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like I tell people like Game Pass is such a good deal. And it's literally if you play two two big games a year, 
and a couple of indies, maybe two indies, you're already break even of what you pay monthly for the ultimate uh, pass, kind of. That's and true. It's, it's it's worth every penny, I feel, especially as a game dev, because a lot of times people tell me like, oh, have you tried this one game, blah, blah, blah. And I'm normally, like, if I'm reluctant to buy it or whatever, I just check Game Pass, and most of the time it's there. I just try it out. That's crazy. And how how do you find Psychonauts? Um, it's amazing. It's it's I, I'm loving it, and it's 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 the first game that makes me feel, or in a long time, that makes me feel the same feelings that I had playing Banjo Kazooie and and Super Mario sixty four when I was was a kid, and it's mm. it, it, it's it's that. But then the writing is so good. And uh, yeah, I love it. I'm really loving it. So for those who've never played it, can you do, uh, can you describe it? Uh, yeah, the, uh, I, I haven't to, to I haven't had the time to play it yet. Yeah, so I, uh... so it's it's a platformer kind of uh, combat platformer kind of game where you uh, you platform jump around, but there's also some combat in there. The emphasis is more the story and the narrative and and the adventure kind of side of it. Mm-hmm. So so. And and what I like about that is that like most games that come out of the US these days are very combat heavy, kind of. Even the ones that have good narratives, you know, right. they have a, a good emphasis on combat as well as kind of one of the main pillars. But it feels like this game, they almost kind of didn't have that as a main pillar. The, the, all the other things are, are, are kind of more important, which which right. I like. And and the the yeah, so so the the Without spoiling too much of the game, it kind of continues on on the old story of the first Psychonauts. So cool. you you play with Raz, the same character, and um, you you literally start your job as on your first day as an intern at Psychonauts, and it's really fun. Uh, <laughs> you you jump into people's minds and cause all sorts of turmoil and mayhem, and you can really the, the nice thing I like about it is that you can really tell how much the devs enjoyed themselves creating the world and creating mm. the game. And and the joy that they've had making the game kind of filters through. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I really love about it. Rami, are you playing it too? Because I'm also playing it right now. No, I, I haven't started yet. I've, I've had a busy week in terms of games. Uh, there was a lot of stuff I wanted to catch up on and, and play. So I, I haven't had time for Psychonauts. It's one of those games that I'm absolutely going to play. Yeah. So... It, you know, you have games where you're like, if I don't play them while they're big news, I'm not going to play them anymore. <laughs> and Psychonauts is not one of those games. Yeah, true. Psychonauts, yeah. I'm going to, at some point when there's a bit of a lull in my schedule, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to play that game start to finish in like, you know, as, as fast as I can do it to just half played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're still going to have a really want You're still going to Yeah, exactly. It, so, yeah. It's, th- that game sits outside of time, yeah. right? The original sits outside of time as well, like in, in, in many ways. Like you... You can play it whenever, and it's going to be so different that it's going to stand out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no matter whether the current launch is like Halo, or the current launch <laughs> is like uh, Ghosts of Tsushima, or the like, it doesn't matter what else is there. There's nothing like Psychonauts. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really great. Like the, of course, it has its kind of double A ness to it. If you know what I mean. Like uh, there are things where you're like, hmm, they've made this decision. Because it saves a lot of time and effort, and and which is, I don't see that as an issue. But it's it's really great. Like, I, I'm loving every minute, and every every chance I get, I jump in. 
like now. I I, I want to play it now. Actually, <laughs> can, can we end this podcast already? <laughs> yeah, we're done. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for coming on. What I what I like the most about uh, you know playing Psychonauts 2 is uh, I think how imaginative the the world is is super creative. It's mm. I can imagine like a bunch of people sitting in a room and go like, all right, so we're doing so we got uh, brain stuff ideas go mm. and then yeah. everybody started putting together ideas and then like, all right, how can we create different worlds out of this? How can we create different mechanics? How can we create different systems? And then how can we make each one of them feel a bit different? Yeah, yeah, true. And it's almost like the, the South Park of video games where, where you feel like the writer's room of South Park, like how people <laughs> are creative in a, in a show like that. It feels like th this is kind of the, the game equivalent of that where people are just riffing, throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks and then building it out to work. And it's uh, really great. I like that the the, the Tim Schafer brand of humor is very clear also yes, in this yes, style definitely. of game. Like yeah. he is a genuinely funny dude. Yeah. Um, like he, all of his games, I think the writing are hilarious. Um, whenever he was like presenting the uh, award show or something at GDC or something like this, he's just hysterical. The, the dude's genuinely funny. Uh, uh, he's like the Jack Black of the games industry. I find yeah. <laughs> like just just a genuine person, um, funny and just you know a fun dude to hang around. Yeah, and there's and so it, much moments like uh, Tim Schafer moments in the game where you're like, he wrote this exact joke, this line, and it's just a little thing, right? Like a nod or something. So well yeah. done. <laughs> I would love to like. Uh, there's probably going to be at some point uh, an edition of this game that will have um, a director's commentary. I think there was like a, some of those old uh, LucasArts adventure games with like Tim Schafer and Ron Gilbert kind of commenting on the jokes yeah, or commenting yeah. on the writing while you're playing the game. Yeah, <laughs> I would, would like, nice, I would yeah. love to do something like this to Psychonauts too. Yeah, that's so great. It's such a good game. And yeah. yeah, not only that, also just the, like the settings, every level, like the level design and, and there's, like you can tell, like okay, this is somebody's. So, so, without spoiling too much, but you go into people's minds when you're playing the game, and to solve like situations in the real world, you have to jump into their minds and kind of unblock their minds in some way. And some some of those minds are like themed after after I don't know bowling or or, or music festivals, and then. You can tell that, for instance, one that's that's themed after music festivals. You, you can tell that all the people that love music festivals came together and kind of made that level, if you know what I mean. And that's yeah. so nice. There's a lot of moments like queuing for for food stands and things that that happen in festivals where you're like, okay, these are people that actually did that stuff and they're kind of expressing uh, expressing how they feel about those things in the game, which is really nice. The one, um, I, have, I have a couple of uh, caveats yet, but I've only played it for maybe three to four hours right now. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's different. I find that there's some progression systems, like there's like a skill level tree that you need to unlock with like some kind of currency or something like that. Mm -hmm. I find those to be a bit too convoluted and too more complicated than it needs to be, I guess. Yeah, in terms yeah, of like you know just let me collect the stuff without me needing to spend them on stuff to unlock stuff you know like it feels so out of the game that i yeah. don't know if it's if it's where it's supposed to be really 
Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there's a, there's a, there's definitely some experience things where I was like, hey, like this could have been polished out, or or things like uh, in the map, like if, if you, I, I see a problem, like I'm playing through now, I'm not hundred percenting it or anything, I'm just playing through the game, but there are moments where I'm like, hey, I want to come back later and and do this thing again, but there's no easy way to do that, even though. Yeah, yeah. So there's things like that, like usability things that could have been definitely wins, and the same goes with progression and currencies, and it feels like stuff like that could have been polished a bit. Yeah, um, yeah. And the other thing, I'm not sure if that's your uh, anybody else's experience, but it's like the minute I started playing game, it reminded me of one of the frustrations I had with the original Psychonauts is that the default walking speed. I almost always wanted to push the the L3 right. stick to make the character run just a little bit faster in some mm. of the segments where I'm just walking around and I couldn't do that. And I just felt like, if only I can move faster. And I know there's a million reasons why they wouldn't let me do that. But um, yeah, I couldn't help but like, I remember like, oh yeah, that old nugget. Yeah, and, and there, there's the ability, there's this ability where you can kind of walk on top of a ball or something, an energy ball. Oh yeah, that yeah. Makes it, that makes it a bit faster. Yes. But also a bit more physics-y kind of because you slip around the, the level a bit so yeah th- th- but definitely I, I agree it's not one of those things that, like instead of walking you just like roll around like okay enough time <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just roll side, around because it's faster jump. than walking yeah, yeah exactly. I'm, I'm gonna walk backwards not see yeah, the game because yeah. <laughs> it's faster have you been playing anything else um yeah so so psychonauts mostly um i also have a kid so 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 my time is scarce uh my gaming time so um psychonauts mostly but uh, i've also been playing uh ghost of tsushima the expansion icky island oh nice which, which is really great again like yeah yeah it, it i i really love it it's it's um so what what they've done there is is I mean, it's it's the standard kind of expansion, right? So a new area with with new kind of new progression, but they've kind of uh, expanded on the game. So they've added a bunch of abilities and stuff like horse abilities and things like that. And it's I like it. They they've also done some nice things with the enemies. It's it's a bit harder. I feel than the base game. So mm-hmm. they've done stuff yeah. where the enemies kind of change. You know how in Ghost of Tsushima you have to change your stance based on what enemy you're fighting but and now they have the the, the enemies that kind of oh they drop their spear and pull out their sword and things like that it, it's a, a bit more elaborate uh, which is right. nice and it's just nice you know beautiful more more of the same <laughs> which right. is not a bad thing you know uh, yeah in the original game they also did a lot of like um, certain areas of the map had certain colors you know like red flowers or something and here they seem to have kind of mixed it all up a bit. So it's kind of the tutti fruity uh, Tsushima kind of experience, which is nice. Yeah, I felt I felt it was definitely meant to be post-game. I know it, technically it's supposed to slot into like the second part of the game, but it, it feels very accurate uh, at the end of the game. It's sort of mm-hmm. like a thing that happens after the story. Um I I really I mean I was glad to be back in the I also played it I finished it already. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was glad to be back in the world of of Tsushima. It's obviously a, a beautiful a beautiful game and it, it still is. It holds up. The PS5 enhancements yeah, though yeah. are 
just it's a different game yeah it's just straight FPS up a different game so good like the, the 60 fps the haptics yeah right like it, on a ps5 did you play did you play it on a ps5 yeah, or yeah. ps4 ps5 yeah. the haptics when your horse is riding over like soft mud and then going onto like a hardened road and then back onto soft mud you feel it are you playing with headphones yeah, I'm also playing with headphones well, with the 3D actually, headphones. It's almost better without because you your controller you, you hear the, the 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 audio design is so well done that right like, you hear the the hoofs like the the stone if you run with the horse on stone you hear the hoofs coming through your gamepad with right. the haptics yeah. and it gives this really nice feeling. I noticed I noticed that at the start when I was just playing, but I usually play at night because my days are during the night, so yeah. I don't want my big surround system like, you know, <laughs> getting in the way of the of the people living below or beneath yeah. me. I mean, uh, I, I also play with me. headphones for sure, like right. most of the time, but but sometimes right. I I really miss that kind of experience like, oh, I, w- I want to hear through the gamepad, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, but the, the haptics really blew me away. Yeah. Um I I did feel if I had to say anything sort of like critical of it, I feel it was is it felt less focused than the original, right? Mm-hmm. I think the the original sort of like main game has a very strong focus, a very strong narrative sort of conceit, a very strong sort of like line through. Mm-hmm. I feel Iki had to do a lot of that in in less time. Um and it it feels a little not quite rushed. It, it's coherent enough, but it, it definitely feels like a smaller thing and not as focused and not as resonant for me. It felt more like a playground in many ways. And that's mm. fun. Like I'm glad I got to play a Tsushima playground, but yeah, yeah um, I agree. Like, like the, the through line in the main story is, is so dominant. Also like right. how they kind of help you clear areas and like the, the main right. game is way more focused you're right and and this is more like just oh we have a bunch more content let's drop it in this island right i didn't i didn't like the flute mechanic too much personally Mm, like yeah it's nice but also i'm i'm not sitting here for a ps5 gamepad (laughs) like i'm not sitting here for a hardware demo i'm sitting here to play a video game please yeah and and but but they have some nice things like like for instance it seems like and as always, like it feels that when a, a expansion like this is made, I, I don't know how much of the original team worked on it, but it feels like it's a, it's a smaller team a bit. So right. so so they get to play around with kind of the the the, the base that's there, right? And, and they've done some nice things with with the the outfits. Like the, there's a bunch of uh, so so the get so the expansion has a, a couple of those new legendary tails or whatever they're called where you you can get a new outfit and they've played around with that like oh there's an outfit where you can't do regular parries but you do perfect parries that give you new attacks and things like that so they've right it feels like they've taken the the formula but then they had some liberty to kind of go outside of it yeah go outside of the formula which is nice for sure that that, that's what i meant with with saying it's a playground like it felt like the designers were just gone like yeah okay just how about this? It's like, yeah. yeah and is, I mean, I'm, I, it's it's often in, in in projects like this, like there's less oversight. Right. You know, it's a smaller team, less oversight. Uh, the the creative director is busy with this next game or whatever. You know, so it's like, oh, we we get to mess around with this uh, right. with this game. <laughs> Although I will like, say, the creative director on Tsushima might very well have worked on this because they're that kind of person anyway. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> okay. but yeah, it it was. 
it was a fascinating game. Uh, and I, I will say the expansion is very good, even if just because it's a good excuse to get back into the world of Tsushima. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's full of like little weird things that don't necessarily make a lot of sense, but just are very fun. There's a bunch of really good narrative moments in there. Yeah. It never becomes quite as coherent as Ghost of Tsushima, but what could be, right? Like that game was so incredibly yeah, good. Yeah, it's the best, like like that game of the year last year for me. Yeah, it, it, honestly, it's that um, uh, Thirteen Sentinels, uh, Aegis Rim, and Flight Simulator came out in 2020 <laughs> as well. Yeah, because otherwise Tsushima would have easily been game of the year. Like I think those three games for me sit at such a like their own level that. Yeah, and with uh, Ghost, like what what I found so amazing is that they they managed to 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 make a game about Japan in in the West. Like it's mm. it's such a hard thing to pull off and stay, you know, not not mess things up and 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 make mistakes. And they they really pulled it off. Like, really I remember when that uh, game came out. I reached out to some of my uh, ex colleagues in Japan and asked them what did they think. Like what did that uh, game? Uh, that does ghost like um represent the japanese culture proper and all of them like yeah it's very accurate with the exception then when he walks into houses um he doesn't take off his shoes right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was jarring for everybody that played it in japan but um, right. like it's like why why is he walking in with his shoes it doesn't work that way you need to take off your shoes but like everything else they said it was spot on so i thought that was hilarious <laughs> like we're, we're at war take off your shoes please. Yeah. <laughs> the models are coming have you taken yeah, off well, your shoes? the models are coming please but please manners <laughs> It's important, yeah. you know. It's important. Yeah. There's, lines. there's lines in the sand. Is, is there is there Japanese ship ship? Uh, you know, <laughs> like there's I, a bunch. Ship ship. Big bamboo one. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get those thrown at me. So no, the, I'll take off my shoes. There's the ones. There's the soft ones that you use indoors. They're actually very fluffy. I would have much rather my mom threw these at me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Rami, I gotta ask you. Um, uh-huh. You know. There's a destiny thing happening on the internet. Right. Yes, please. Can I don't please know elaborate. what it is. It's been a while since I played Destiny. Like I played Destiny no. 2 at launch. Maybe I played one update and then I yeah. haven't touched the game since. But like all of a sudden okay. my Twitter feed is talking about Destiny. So I was like, Rami's involved, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> yes. I um the, the short version is the new expansion is coming out in uh six months. Um after so, the season. So why is the internet uh, going off now? Yeah. Because they they just announced it, oh, okay. uh, they just announced what it's going to be, and uh, it's it's going to be called the Witch Queen. So in Destiny, if you're not playing Destiny, it's kind of hard to follow the cadence of it. But the the basic version of it is there's expansions which last a year, and in those expansions are four seasons that each are supposed to last about three months, right? Um, and the expansion across a year is like a major a major story beat, and then the um, then the seasons are sort of like acts within that season, right? Mm-hmm. So we're now at the last act of the current season, mm. uh, the, the last season of the current expansion. Mm-hmm. And the current expansion is about the darkness, which is sort of like the, the biggest, the big bad of the Destiny universe has arrived in our solar system, has destroyed a number of planets. The Traveler, which is sort of our source of power, has reawakened so all these big forces have come alive over the past year and with that uh, a lot of alliances and a lot of uh situations have changed rapidly our 
our characters are using the darkness as well as the light as tools, which has divided the the good guys between uh, quotation marks. Because some of them believe that the darkness is evil and we shouldn't be using it. And some of us believe that it's good and we should be using it. Um, and then some of the enemy factions have allied with us uh, out of desperation or because they want to be closer to the light. They they weren't quite darkness. They just didn't have options. So everything has kind of shifted. And we're now coming up on the conclusion of the season where one of the hostile races that is still hostile is about to get to get into a situation where they're far more powerful than they've ever been before. And this season, the season of the Lost, which started last Tuesday, revealed one of the biggest enemies that we've known about for like seven years or six years now. Mm-hmm. Oh, so and that's she's, the, that's she's finally thing, here. Um, but she is working with us this season. Now, the funny thing about this specific character is she's the god of deceit in her, in her species. She's the Loki of the hive, which is the sort of like, it's sort of like the magic. They're like the magic necromancery type of enemy that we have uh, in Destiny, and she's the one of deceit, and she has to be deceitful, otherwise she gets consumed. So everything she does is a trick or a double uh-huh, trick so or a cross a, or a, a double nice cross. No, she's kind no. of that. She's the wor- she's, she's deceit, the worst kind of enemy. Every every time she says something, every time she's in the lore, every time she's anywhere, we don't know whether what's there is true. Mm. And she's slowly been gaining control over characters in our alliances, in our good group, over the past year through this viral thing that is happening. And we're starting to see hints of just how much influence she has on our side. Um, and now she's revealed herself, but she's working with us. Now the problem is that we also know the next expansion she's going to be against us, but so, because so, that was just announced. So they they announced that, and they kind of it's, spoiled that. I mean, she's the god of the seed. It's oh, not yeah, a okay, gotcha. It's not a particularly <laughs> shocking thing that she's. So, the the other thing that's big is this big character called Marasov, which is on our side, sort of like the strategist that always knows more. She's not on our side, but she her goals are usually aligned with ours. She has returned. So we have these two characters that know more about what's going on than any other character in the game. And they're sort of playing four-dimensional chess at the moment. Mm. We just don't know where on the chessboard we are. (laughs) So uh, it's this really exciting time for Destiny uh, in that a lot of narrative threads from the last six years are coming together and sort of converging on this moment. Let me ask you a question. Like how me as a person, I've only played destiny in alpha the first one mm-hmm. before it right. came out that's how old i am and that's how little right. i'm i'm interested in this game but uh, right. bear with me imagine i want to experience this stuff like is there a way in for for people like me or is it just no you've missed the last 17 years so so you're you're on the outside and you're never coming you're in. has so it been 17 years please tell know, me no <laughs> it's been seven okay uh, because i, was, they've, they've I probably started been playing it 10 years before so uh, right. 17. <laughs> they've been de- they were definitely developing it when halo odst came out because there was a destiny easter egg in was halo there? odst Whoa. so yeah, um cool. but the um so here's the thing no, you can't replay that stuff. Uh, that's gone. Uh, a lot of the old content is just no longer available. Some of those planets have been destroyed in the story since. Uh, some of those, some of the situations in which those things happen, 
are no longer accessible. Destiny is an ongoing story. So what you've missed, you've you've missed. Luckily, the community is very much built around that. So over the years, the community has sort of like started to collect lore, summarize stories, give you access to see what happened. And if you join, your story starts now, mm. right? Um, and I think that's actually a really good way of doing it because it gives them freedom to do cool stuff in the game without having to make sure that the game still works for the old content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? They don't true, yeah. they don't have to like level gate content because they don't have to it's patch not... all that stuff into the current game and keep it alive. right. Yeah. Right. So they they've actually been vaulting content, like old content where they're just like, Yeah, there's no good reason to go here anymore except for really old story content. So we're just gonna cut this out of the game for now until we need it again. And at that point, we'll give it a full pass and like get it up to speed with the new abilities and the new sandbox, the new meta, and like make sure that it works. So Destiny stays very lean. They stay very open to experiment and like add new things and and do new stuff that they haven't done before. Unlike a lot of other MMOs, which sort of get stuck in their own wake, which is also fun. It also has its advantages. But if you if you want to get on board, I did just just did a fifty tweet Twitter thread where I talk about 50. the entire story of Destiny. Jesus. 50. Um, <laughs> And that's the shorter version. You can also watch My Name is Bife, who is the the sort of unofficial lore master of Destiny. Uh, and he has a four-hour video bringing you up to speed until uh, one expansion ago. Wow. So Four hours. It's a very good video. And and so so if let's say I, I install it now uh, and I start mm-hmm. playing, does it take me like four hours to get up to speed? Do I have to level into some stuff? Or? So... Yeah, you'll have to level a bit, but it's honestly not that bad. The The honest truth is, if you're thinking of starting now, the, the way you should do it is you buy you buy Beyond Light, or if you're on Game Pass, it's free, yeah. right? And then you get the Season Pass only for this season, because you can buy the Deluxe Edition with all four seasons for the year, but we're on the last season, oh, yeah, so yeah. you would get three old seasons. Um, and there will be enough to catch up to. And during this season, you'd be leveling to your to the level where you need to be to start on the witch queen mm, okay um uh, generally if if you go and power level if you really go for it you can get up to speed in like a week and a half okay I'll but t- if you just want to play chill I'll, I'll send my kid to holland to his grandparents right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and that will give me give me enough time to do this i'm gonna do it <laughs> it, it the honest truth is if you want to get if you want to play destiny in such a way that you stay up to date you need like an hour a week hour a week oh that's actually you need hard. like an hour a week it's it's not much if you just want to keep up to date on the story and you don't care too much about all the end game stuff and you just want something fun and basically play it like campaign there's like an hour a week maybe an hour and a half for busy weeks and, where stuff happens and another question what's what's the main vehicle of the narrative is it like quests or is it is it cutscenes yeah. or it's quests with occasional cutscenes mm. cutscenes are like big impact moments uh but mm. they've they've gotten really good at sort of telling stories through other characters talking so that's the majority of of how the story is delivered and again it's a story that takes a long time to play out this is not the kind of thing where you're going to have like big payoffs all the time mm-hmm. it's like sometimes there's three or four weeks where you're just building up to a thing and then on the fifth week it's like oh oh boy mm-hmm. uh this season obviously, obviously since savathun the god of the seat is in play uh we're expecting some big twists but we uh we don't know so destiny is hype is what i'm trying to say it sounds exciting uh, yeah it's it's very hot it's it's Probably the most exciting time to be joining. If you want to start playing Destiny, now is probably one of the best times in the history of Destiny. Uh, the previous time it was as good to join was during Forsaken, 
which is uh, three years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, it was just uh, The Taken King and Destiny 1. So in terms of like onboarding, if you want to join, we have a six-month season ahead, which is really long. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's double as long as usual. So uh, there's plenty of time. You don't have to play in a hurry. Mm-hmm. There's no like time pressure things because there's literally six months to complete everything that is in this season. So I expect everybody will sort of take a break from Destiny towards the end of the year and then get back when the Witch Queen starts. So if you want to like sort of get a feeling for what Destiny is and kind of get submerged in the narrative and then be ready for when the Witch Queen comes out, now is the now is the right time. I feel I feel that I owe it to Bungie <laughs> and to myself to <laughs> at least do one season just to get to understand what it is and, and really get into it. It's it's Bungie, you know. It's best gun feel in yeah. the entire industry. No, no disrespect, Fauzi. Um, <laughs> oh, shots but, fired! But, <laughs> Literally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the way the way Bungie does weapons and the the freedom they have, obviously, because it's it's not a yeah, there's realistic energy scenario. and ballistic. There's everything. There's energy yeah. ballistic. Yeah. There's like completely nonsensical weapons. Like they added, they're adding a glaive, which is just point of like kind of like a pointy spear kind of thing, but it can also shoot. For the witch queen, and I'm just like, that shouldn't work. A first person melee weapon shouldn't work, mm. but it works because it's Bungie, and yeah. this is what they do. The, the only thing yeah. I, the problem I have with 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 Destiny, which is kind of the reason why I I bounced on it early, is I and I have the same problem with Halo. Actually, it's it's very floaty to me. Like it's it's very oh jump in the air and stay in the air and kind of oh, right. And play, to me, play a hunter. Feels, yeah. Because the the Titan is one hundred percent sort of like jetpack jump, mm. and the Warlock has a, gl- a float jump because they kind of use magic to to keep themselves afloat. Uh, the Hunter is just Super Mario, so it's just like that's that's it. It's generally considered the worst wor- the worst jump in the game. But if you don't want floaty, then go Hunter. That's good advice because yeah, I'm I'm more of the I I like the, the like kill zone feel and like a battlefield and that kind of stuff where it's kind of visceral and low to the ground that's what i like but yeah i'll, right. I'll give yep. it a go bungee is definitely not low to the ground it's it's very vertical it's high mobility um but the the hunter has the closest to what you're describing mm. i'll give it Rami, a go Rami, it sounds like no. you haven't played any destiny have you been doing anything <laughs> else then have you played any other games? oh yeah no my god yeah my week has been very full with video games uh, i played uh, i played iki as well finished that was lovely mm-hmm. i am um, i downloaded uh, no more heroes the new one ah uh, the third one yeah. is out isn't it yeah yeah it came out on switch Ooh, um, Travis touchdown is back baby uh, he's absolutely <laughs> back and it's uh yeah it's it's no more heroes it's i don't know what to tell you it's it's very no more heroes okay it goes very hard on being no more heroes um and it's it's it has the style you know mm-hmm. it has the style you're expecting it has the it has the attitude you're expecting mm-hmm. it's over the top it's ridiculous it's stylish uh it's still sort of janky but in a good way uh-huh. um it's 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 no more i don't know what to tell you it's exactly what i was hoping for let me ask you this is no more heroes a product of its time and like now it feels the uh, uh, dated or uh, oh, did the new one kind of bring in new stuff along with it it's yes and no it's a product of its time i think it's definitely it's definitely getting to the point where it's like is this still working but also it's so itself yeah that it works okay right like i think if you have never played a no more heroes and you come into this one you're like why is saving the game on the toilet 
Well, it's a fair question. It's a Japanese game. That's why. (laughs) But also, if you're used to no more heroes, you're like, why would saving be anywhere else? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Right. Very true. So so it 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 just works. It's 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 pretty. It's very pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's imaginative. It goes everywhere. Uh It's nonsensical, but very coherent in in its nonsensicalness. Yeah. Uh, You know. In the first hour, you have watched a wonderful ET story. You've watched most of Earth get obliterated in some way. Um, you've what UFOs arrived. You've gone into a black hole and you've cut a giant monster that has eaten you in two. <laughs> and that's like the forty first forty five minutes of the game. Oh, that sounds right. sounds like no more heroes. <laughs> it's it's one hundred percent no more heroes. Uh, it goes hard from the start. Um, it's 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 ridiculous, and I I. I'm enjoying myself very much. Uh, it is janky. The controls are more complicated than they need to be, honestly. Um, there's like these super stylish skills that you need to be doing again. And, you know, it. it yeah, why not? I'm having a good time. I see a lot of like the, the, the promotional material of the game. It seems like uh, there's a, a nod to Akira or... Or am I not understanding it? Like I see Travis standing in front of like a red motorcycle, like you know, like the Akira the movie. Or I, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, isn't everything kind of inspired by yeah. Akira anyway? <laughs> anything like, Japanese is there anything that, that is not? The last twenty years, honestly, Fair. even Fair. even every Western thing yeah, nowadays exactly. is inspired <laughs> by it some way. Like everything is inspired by it. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely leading into sort of the the the, the style and the. I think some of the story of Akira also like reflects here a little, but I guess that always does for No More Heroes, mm-hmm. like big unbeatable things that are unexplainable, sort of like things that you care about for sort of falling apart or becoming a problem, or I don't know. It, there, there's a lot there. Uh, I um, oh, speaking about like the Japanese games, um, th- also a thing that's been popping on Twitter, Judgment. A lot of people have been playing Judgment again because yeah of the, the, the new one is coming out soon exactly yeah yep. so and and i i've never played that game so i wanted to ask you guys have you played it did you play yakuza um i've played uh, i've only played the 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 latest one the turn-based one. Oh, like oh, a okay. dragon like a dragon like yeah. a dragon really mm-hmm. fun game so- yeah. So ju- ju- judgment is like yakuza, but not that joke. Yeah, like the traditional <laughs> yakuza. <laughs> yeah, ju- judgment is is basically a yakuza. If you if you enjoyed the story of like a dragon, think think of the original yakuza games as only slightly more serious yeah. than that one. <laughs> but um, still ridiculous. Yeah, but still ridiculous. I think that was always the thing I loved about that series is that it's completely ridiculous, but then. It's also very heartwarming and genuine and mm. sincere and like reinforcing. And I think Judgment is a little bit, almost a little bit more pulpy, yeah, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but also a little bit more serious at times. Mm. So it's it's a little hard to say. I really like Judgment, uh, and I I I've played it recently actually. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I'm um, going to pre-order it. Same reason. That's going to be the next yeah. game I'm going to play probably. Well, you can play the original for now. I think it's like twenty dollars on the PlayStation yeah. Store. But so is, is the, would... the new one? Is it is it a sequel or is it the same game? Like the, the it's kind of the expanded. The last Judgment. I I don't know if it's an expansion or if it's a sequel. But I played the ori- I played Judgment in anticipation of. The Last Judgment. So I sure hope it's a sequel. I think it is. Yeah. What I've understood, like maybe I misunderstood. It's a sequel. 
Is it? As, okay. And it's lost uh, judgment. It's uh, lost. It's coming out in September, and it's um, yeah, it's a full fledged sequel. Okay, good. So so yeah. so so then maybe I should like Rami said I should play the first now. So I'll just pick up the first. Yeah, why? I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah, I would uh, recommend that. These stories are very uh, like these series of games. They're very story heavy generally, yeah. and they like they don't forget stuff. Like, they just follow. If you, the if you start playing Yakuza Six, they will refer to stuff that happened in Yakuza One back in the nineties. <laughs> and, and they won't make it obvious. They'll they'll nod at it. They'll be like this and it's like this big story moment they'll say like remember when this happened yeah it's like no i never played that game and they're like everybody in there it's like, <gasps> you're like Wait, what what did i miss yeah exactly so so i guess that's why twitter is popping because the new one's coming so a lot of people are playing the original one now yeah i i think i think mostly judgment was sort of the when Yakuza went in the direction of Like a Dragon, I think a lot of people were very excited about it to see something new in that universe. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of other people were also like, I just like Yakuza. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of running out of like space for the main character of the Yakuza series. So I think mm-hmm. they tried two different spinoffs. And uh, Judgment is and then they traditional both Yakuza. And like, now we have to make both. Yeah, now we have to make both. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I did play another game. Yeah, what do you play? Yep, I played a game called Spookware. Uh huh. Yeah, no, no, nobody's heard of that. I was Spookware, kind of, I was kind of a yeah indie game. Yeah, that's why I haven't heard of it. Uh, no, uh, no, this is uh, I haven't heard of what the game does <laughs> to do with its indie. Right. Tell me more. <laughs> so Spookware is even a obscure indie game in many ways. Um, it is God. How do you explain this? If you made like a cute spooky version of WarioWare uh-huh. that is also sort of a heartwarming RPG story uh, about Scalabros, which are three bros that are skeletons, and they go on a road trip through, I guess, the afterlife, maybe? Um, and they kind of play spooky-themed WarioWare games. Yeah. That sounds that's spookware. I love the and Game Boy Advance one, WarioWare. So. That's the thing. So the the new demo, the demo for the new WarioWare just came out. Yeah, right? I tried it on Switch. I tried it. I tried it, and I didn't love it. Mm. I I thought it was okay, but it, it it's trying to be very consistent in its mechanics, and that's exactly not why I play WarioWare. Yeah. It yeah. feels almost contradictory to what WarioWare yeah, is. Yeah, it's it's literally like you have three seconds to learn this game and try it out, but now they have the characters that have their own mechanics, which is weird. Right, yeah. so every game has to fit each character's mechanics, which makes every game kind of bland. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I, I had this little moment of crisis. I was like, what if I just don't like WarioWare anymore? And then somebody, somebody messaged me and was like, you should try it Spookware. I'm like, okay. I'll try it. You know, it's the person that usually has good recommendations. So I'm like, you know what? Spookware it is. So I got a copy of Spookware. And I love WarioWare, it turns mm-hmm. out. It's it's incredibly good. I've played it with a smile on my face for pretty much the entire game. Okay. Uh, it's wonderful. It's lovely. It's silly. It's heart. Like, it has heart. It has soul. It has an incredible art style. Uh, like, it, it looks like weird... It's not photogrammetry, but it could be photogrammetry. It's like slightly jankily imported. It's very smooth. It's very pretty. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. It's very, it's very good. And if anybody's listening and wants a short game of all the games I've played this week, and that includes Destiny, 
If I had to recommend one to play right now, it would be Spookwork. I'm looking at the art style and it looks very interesting, very provocative. It's very provocative. It's very it, it's very strong. It's very strong art direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it holds up, right? In movement, it's even better than on screenshots. Is it PC it's, only? Uh, or? I think it's PC only. Mm, okay. Yeah. But so. I'm not a PC gamer. I sat behind my PC to play this game. Mm, yeah, same. I'm also not a PC gamer, but I ordered one of those Steam decks. So maybe I'll Maybe in the future. Then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Spookware is going to be great for Steam Deck. Oh, that's exciting. Yep. Yeah, 100% recommend this game. That's added to the list. Oh my god, so many yeah, games it, it coming look, out. It does look like it's it's almost looks like remember the 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 Mortal Kombat era where people were like literally taking photographs and importing them as sprites into the game. It looks <laughs> like the 3D version of that, which is uh, a little yeah. Odd. Like, I guess it's like that. Mugen Mugen style. <clears throat> uh yeah. No, definitely. It's just I don't I don't know. Like it's just one of those games where you play and you sit down and you're like, "Oh yeah, this is good." Hmm. You know, it's like the you have those games where the, the first moment you touch them, you're like, "Yep." Mm-hmm. It does it okay. feel inspired by WarioWare? Do you think? Yeah, I mean the name, of course. So <laughs> the name says it, it is one hundred percent. Like you start the game and just the first mini game pops up immediately, and it has a little timer bomb thing at the bottom and. <laughs> It has like four buttons on the screen that you can press, and it just goes like, "Do this." And for some of the games, you're like, "What? How do? How do I?" And you know, you have to fail once to to get yeah. it done. And every time you fail, one of the Scalabros like gets electrocuted uh, and dies. So uh, you know, you're really trying to. It's it's WarioWare. It's effectively spooky WarioWare with a fun RPG uh, in between the games. Isn't it crazy? Like this year, there's a new Wario game coming out, and we have another. Another Psychonauts game coming out. <laughs> what year is this? Do you even, do you even yeah. remember what were you doing when the first Psychonauts game came out? That was like, what, 2005? My God. 2005. That's, that's the year I moved to Amsterdam from Cairo. So. I always forget that we're like we're like weird we're like weird twins. <laughs> That's <laughs> we, the best we, way to we, describe it. We share three languages, so we 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 both right. speak English, Dutch, and Arabic, which is right. already weird. Like, <laughs> but then I mean, did you did you did you go to school in the Netherlands? Um, yeah, so so I was born born in Amsterdam, um, eighty three, so I think a bit older than both of you. Am I? I'm not sure. So and and then, I know Fauzi to me is my wise elder. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm always surprised that I'm older than Fauzi. Like I, I yeah. see what he's achieving in life, and I'm like, shit, I'm behind. Like I need to catch up. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so then I moved. Uh, I was in Group Ses, the sixth grade in, in Holland. Right. And I finished that, and then moved to uh, Egypt. Uh, in 94, took my Super Nintendo in my bag, my most valued possession <laughs> in my bag, and flew over to Africa and the uh, Middle East. And yeah, stayed there for, for a good 11 years. Wow. So yeah, up... we, we kind of... Yeah, go ahead, Sorry. Rami. I, I'm, just, I'm just... Because for me, Egypt was always something that was... Uh, I, we spent way more time in Egypt in my childhood than I did at any other point in my life. Because at other points in my life, it was always connected to like summer holidays. Mm-hmm. 
so it was it was much more limited in that regard. Uh, so so it sounds like we kind of did like opposite. Yeah. We did opposite. And and it's it's kind of when I was a kid, like uh, very young, I, we would fly there for summers, of course, like with, with mm-hmm. the family and fly fly over to Egypt, see my grandma and my grandparents, and and mm-hmm. so so I do have that bit too when I was very little. Wow. But then aged 11 kind of my parents were like they sat me down they're like we've there's something big's gonna happen and b- me being an 11 year old kid is like uh can i take my super nintendo and they're like yeah <laughs> then you're fine okay <laughs> your parents were so relieved yeah. that that was it <laughs> like, i don't think that's ever fine just get, a, get him a yeah. couple of games he's gonna be good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my older brother you know uh, big problems and girlfriends and breakups and yeah. all that jazz yeah. amazing. Just, uh, just get him the new mortal Kombat. he'll be good <laughs> yeah. amazing <laughs> yeah so so then yeah and, and then i moved there and it's literally taking my my prized possession and, and so where where in Cairo did you go then? Where where did you live? Where in Cairo? Oh, so I uh, when I was uh, when I was very young, we would usually visit my grandmother, and she lived uh, back in the day. States, I lived in uh, in Shopra, Rodul Farak. Shopra. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you say that about literally anybody. Every, everybody. everybody. Right. I'm from Indonesia. Agdanas. <laughs> but yeah, so this this uh, this this little place called Rol Farak near uh, near Chopra, uh, and then um, after that, we would usually stay with an aunt of mine in uh, Medina Nasr. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of malls there and a McDonald's, so that was all I needed. <laughs> uh, one of the malls, uh, Sarag Mall, was what it was I called. I know Sarag Mall, I know it. <laughs> nice. So Sarag Mall downstairs had an arcade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spent too many hours in that arcade. Yeah. Uh, they had a they had Panic Park, which was a really old arcade cabinet well, that I still am trying to buy today. Uh, but it was never it was never approved for European use because it created too many injuries. <laughs> Electrocuted people. <laughs> no. It, so the way the game worked is that you had this this rail with two sticks in it, and you, your character would have the same position on the screen as the stick would have. Mm. So you would move this stick horizontally, left and right. But there were two characters. And the two sticks were in the same rail, so you could push each other left and right. And you can imagine if you're like young kids, you just like you go full force bash into each other to win the video game. And apparently that's dangerous. Yeah. A lot of hand injuries. Right. I didn't I didn't know, but apparently that's not good. So I want to buy that thing. I haven't managed to buy that thing, but that it was fun. one of my favorite games going. But what kind of like WarioWare. What years was when were you going there? Was it because I, I really don't know how old you are. I don't know. I'm I'm 32. 32. Okay, so it's I'm a, from 88. So yeah, so so it's uh, around the t- like, so you you were probably going there in the 90s when I kind of moved right. there. Okay, right, That's probably true. Yeah, and then um, after that we got a place in uh, in Moatam. Yeah, which is sort of like the plateau just on the edges of old Cairo. Yeah, the hill. Nowadays it's in the mid. Now it's in the middle of Cairo, yeah. so it doesn't. <laughs> Now it doesn't make sense anymore. But, but it's it's this amazing place in autumn. Like you you drive up there and the city disappears because of the smog. You can't see right. the city anymore because wow. of the, all the pollution that's floating in between the peak of autumn. Yeah. And the, the hill is just above it. So like all the smog sort of like yeah. The smog goes down, right? Smog is relatively heavy, so it sticks to the earth. Yeah. And as you drive up autumn you know the the you start seeing, you start you start seeing stars 
Yeah. Right. You start seeing like the sun properly instead of like the sort of like green haze. white hot. Yeah. Sort of like the white hot ball that's weirdly colorized by the yeah. by the smog. Um, yeah. Cairo, Cairo has changed a lot, though. Yeah, true. Uh, even even from when I was there. And obviously I was um, I didn't go for a while because of military draft. Oh, you, so, are, you, are you eligible for that? No, you're not. You're, so, you have a Dutch nationality, right? I have a Dutch nationality, but an Egyptian father. Yeah, and, but I'm the uh, same. Was, so, so you can get right. you can get a exemption because you have two you, nationalities, right? So you you could try for an exemption, and you would usually get it. Mm. Is the official rule, mm. which my mom didn't think was good enough. Yeah, which I, I, I understand that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, two, two years in the Egyptian army seems a little. No, uh, you, rough. you don't want to be in the Egyptian army ever. No, you, you get to make air conditionings. Yeah. That's, uh, well, like yeah. actually, if if you get. A, a three-year draft then then you're almost better off because you're an officer yeah. but if you're a right. one-year draft then you're screwed like yeah the, yeah you don't want, yeah. you won't want that so yeah i was my mom just went like you should not do that and i agreed i went to the embassy and they kind of gave me the like yeah, you probably would be fine i'm mm-hmm. like ah uh, how probably is probably they're like not a hundred percent but yeah, probably so, so i did i did the whole uh draft thing where you have to get an exemption but you still have to go through the draft so you have to go right. queue up with your classmates right. and, and all the people of that year that graduate and you kind of right. get together in this and it's literally lives are are, are made and ruined in this one day right. by by these people that come on stage and they just shout things so so yeah. i remember i was stood in the queue with like a uh i think it was close to I would say like 2000 other people like in this big courtyard and in a military base and some dude walks up to the, to the stage and grabs a mic and he's like, yeah, everybody that has an engineering degree degree is exempted. And I literally saw people fall on the ground and cry like from happiness just because they they don't have to do uh, any of that stuff. But I had like an exemption paper that I, uh, I mean, it's, it, it was, Still, the most horrible day of my life. Right, just the bureaucracy that I had to right. go through to get this done. But yeah, I had to do all that, which is crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm past thirty now, so I should be done. I just have to pay the fine for dodging. Alpha Gnei Adia, there's nothing. Yeah, I have to go to the embassy and pay that fine. But the embassy in the Netherlands hadn't opened, so yeah, yeah, you know, one of those things. Yeah. No, I. I don't know. I uh, I mean, I love the country. I love the people. I I mean, the, the, Egypt is always a mess, yeah, and it has always yeah. been a mess. And it, I think it might always be a mess, right? Like, it's not a country where things go easy, but it's such a it's such a it's wonderful our place. Mess. Yeah, it's our yeah, mess. Exactly. Like, so we we yeah. get to enjoy it, and I, I agree. Right. Like, it's it's a messy place. I call it home. It's 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 right. kind of. So I always tell people I was born and raised in Holland, but I grew up in Egypt. I became right. me in Egypt, and and yeah. so so I consider myself Egyptian first and right. foremost, before a Dutch person or right. or an international person. But I I I love it there. But I mean, it's gotten a bit harder in the recent years, like right. since the revolution. Yeah, yeah, since the, in the past ten years, it's gotten tougher. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's still like I like you said, it's it's our mess, and it's like I love it. It's my people. Yeah, yeah. You ended yeah, up uh, studying yeah. university there, didn't you, Ahmed? Yeah, yeah. So I, I did a computer engineering degree there. I, I actually went to university uh, relatively young, 
I was, I turned 16 in my first year of uni. And that's not because I'm some kind of genius. <laughs> it's, it's because <laughs> when we moved to Egypt, so, so like I said, we, I finished Group S, which is sixth grade in Holland uh-huh. and, and moved to Egypt. And in Egypt, people go to school age six. So, mm-hmm. so, so sixth grade, you actually go into like um, secondary education, not, or you go into the next kind of school, right? So you, you graduate your primary school and and when i when my dad applied me to schools there they were like oh he's finished sixth grade he can go to the secondary school and my dad kind of was like yeah he can and he kind of just bluffed it <laughs> and and at my expense i mean i wasn't there so he did it without me but <laughs> but but he did that and then he kind of he ran home I, I i remember his face like when he came up to me all giddy and he's like Look, we're gonna try something. We're gonna try something. I was like, well, what? What are we gonna try? He's like, well, you're gonna go to a higher school now, and it's gonna be harder, and it's gonna be hard in the first year, but you can do it. And I was like, uh, okay, like, is he setting me up to fail? <laughs> like, I, I didn't know what was going on. And literally, he, I got some private tutors uh, for 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 that summer, and and my. One of them was my uncle, a math teacher, and he kind of took me into algebra and stuff like that in like a summer. And then I just got dropped into like a school two grades higher than where I was supposed to be. And I managed. So so I actually graduated um, school and I went to university early. So so I kind of hustled my way into university. Uh, That's crazy, Ahmed. You know what? Because like... um... For for a lot of other and different circumstances, I ended up finishing high school when I was sixteen as well. Oh wow! So like that's I crazy. F- finished <laughs> finished school two years early too. Uh, my dad but always you, but thought you're a true genius. Me... I wasn't. I hustled it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's about a lot to do with like moving around and like you know uh, doing a lot of different subjects in different countries that uh, and a lot of different paperwork <laughs> ended yeah. up like. Uh, uh, making things a bit faster for me, but mm. my dad always used to say that that's um, a leg up. You know, he, yeah. he used to always say like, "I saved you two years." <laughs> I he saved himself that... paying for two years. That's what he did. <laughs> that's probably what happened. <laughs> that's probably what happened. I'm pretty sure because I've dad always was... been younger than my uh, my peer group. Um, yeah. Always, like even at work in my career I, in my school, I'm yeah, always same for there. me. And it's and yeah. it's like I was the same. And, yeah. and with me, like I honestly think my dad was was excited about it because it saved him two years of tuition. He's like, oh, he's gonna do this. He's gonna figure it out. And, I mean, <laughs> I I landed on my feet, kind of like <laughs> bit of a stumble, but landed on my feet. And and when I went to university, I I studied uh, engineering, so computer engineering, so mostly hardware design. But also software uh, engineering, and and yeah, that that was me. So so I studied there in Cairo. That's cool. You studied computer science as well, right? I studied computer science too in uh, in Jordan. And that's a that's a, that's what our parents want, man. Ah, uh, that's a, of course. <laughs> if you're not a doctor, you gotta be the next best thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I personally, I I've I've been programming since. I've been programming since I was 11 years old, I think. So my, my dad kind of, he, he he's a programmer too, my dad. He, yeah. he programmed as a hobby kind of. Back in the 80s, it was all hobby, you know. <laughs> uh, 
very like owning a computer was kind of a hobby that's true <laughs> as opposed right. to now now everyone has one but back then it was like this hobbyist thing to do right and you subscribe to magazines and they send them over with like code in them and things like that and 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 i used to sit with my dad and he used to uh, program stuff and show me how to do that and and so that's kind of how i picked it up so when i uh, got to choose what to study it was kind of a, a no-brainer for me i knew how to do it and yeah that's that's why i did it and nice. rami you studied I, computers as well right i started game design Oh, you studied game design. Oh, you young I people. Game design. Young people have game <laughs> uh, design. The game. Well, it was funny because the 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 HKU Ahmed in the Netherlands, yeah. the the university I go to, has actually been giving game design when I joined. They, it was a seven year old course, wow, so you could have easily taken it as well. That's wow. crazy. Um, wow. Yeah, it was one. Of, it's the oldest game design course in maybe in Europe. Wow. I don't know, wow, wow. but it was definitely very old. Um, but yeah, it grew out of their interactive uh, interaction design program yeah, because UX. they had an interaction I design know that program. They had a UX design program. I, right. I know I worked with the guy, one of the people that set that up actually. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah so they have the they had a uh, first an interaction design program, which was not necessarily computer focused. Mm. It was just interaction design, toothbrushes to spaceships, mm. is how they usually uh, explained it. Um, and later it turned into IXD. As sort of like a, a bigger thing, but um, yeah, the um, the the course had a games course relatively quickly, and then kind of grew from there. Oh, cool! Uh, so yeah, I studied that one, and I will say, like, obviously, I dropped out after the second year, so it wasn't flawless. <laughs> but um, it, especially <laughs> the first you, year, taught me a lot. <laughs> well, I think at that point, my parents had very little control of my life left. Yeah. Uh, I sort of left home when I was 17 over a, a dispute over the girl I was seeing because she was Dutch. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that was that was a problem. Yeah. Um, so I left home. And wait wait you, a second. But your mother is Dutch, right? Yes. So, that's also what I pointed well, out, but that didn't really matter. Sounds like a hypocrisy uh, kind of. I mean, <laughs> my dad had, you know, you have to imagine my dad, he's not had an easy life in, you know, growing up in Egypt, moving to the Netherlands, facing the racism, yeah, trying yeah. to keep the culture for me and my brother and my sister. And yeah. his hopes would always be that the culture would live on through us. Yeah. And I think when we were younger, it's hard to say, right? When we were like 14, 15, 16, yeah, 17 years world. old, and we're. We're growing into our own person. He's just fearing that his culture and his religion and, and his way of living, that they would die with him. Mm. Um, I can understand why he was very protective of it. And honestly, for, um, you know, to, to his credit, that relationship ended up being really bad for me. And he was right, which he definitely, he definitely pointed out frequently. Um <laughs> And um, uh, but then from from the sort of second partner on, he's always been a little hesitant but supportive because mm. he understands it's not his life. And I think he saw that the culture and the religion sort of like live on through me anyway. Yeah. Maybe not to the extent that he would love, obviously. But and um, the funny thing is, enough. It mirrors kind of it's exactly the opposite of my experience because when i was 11 or 10 like my parents they never imposed religion on me at all or, or any culture they were like they were cool with it because i was young you know they were like oh that will come that will come when he's 11 12 13 and then when we moved to egypt they kind of dropped it altogether because they're like oh he's he's amongst his people he will learn right. from them 
little did they know <laughs> that it's exactly the opposite. So, so I guess living in Egypt to them felt like they they were not afraid that the right. culture would die with the, with them, if you know what I mean. So so yeah. so in that sense, I, I got way more liberty than than most people that stuck around, even. Right. Even amongst the, the the people that I knew, the Egyptians that I knew in Holland, I saw how how like how how different levels of of kind of how they experienced the culture. Or, or yeah, I mean, you, you got to imagine if you're if you're surrounded by people that aren't from your culture, then you get worried about your culture. It's yeah. why a lot of uh, you know, it's why uh, a lot of people from a religion are far more orthodox or conservative when they live in a different country yeah, yeah, because they want to protect what is theirs uh, and and want to keep that want to keep that alive even when everything around them doesn't adhere to it and i think it makes a lot of sense i was obviously very upset about it back then yeah. and i you know traveling this much and seeing the world and seeing the different cultures you start to realize the value of culture and the importance to people and the importance of like feeling safe and home and wanting the same for your kids mm. he wasn't really trying to impose his culture on me he was just trying to impose something that he felt and was it safe. came from a good place like it did, yeah it did yeah, definitely so plus it worked out right I, yeah. I became independent very young and that independence has scared me to like now being 32 years old and running this podcast and having a yeah like notable career in games because I was always independent and could figure out things. Yeah. Um, so I, I imagine it must have been really hard for him to yeah. to have you know his kids grow up and just be like, how much of me is going to be left in them? Mm. Um, and I hope he's proud. You know, I hope he's proud I'm of, sure of he what, what we're doing. <laughs> sure. He listens to this. He listens to this podcast. So uh, I'm sure you know, he is of the of the things that 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 he gets. He's probably proud of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. I hope so. You, you you always try to you know you do you try to do your parents proud. Yeah. At least I do. I don't know. If, if I, I discovered I discovered that my dad uh, has been going to uh, the Genius Bar in Amsterdam, the Apple Store, and bragging about my career. Uh, in, in, to, to to the Apple Genius guys and and those poor guys like I mean they're paid to be polite right so so he, he, I, I, I'm I'm really your dad found your dad found an alternative for like people in the in the in the in in the cafe yeah exactly oh, you know, <laughs> you're gonna go hang out with of, oh, he goes to the Apple Geniuses <laughs> I'm go, I go, go hang out with my friend you know like what? Right. he's not your friend he's getting paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so oh, he's been going God. to like follow you know like photoshop courses because they do a lot of cool stuff at the apple store like right. back back before the, the <laughs> world started ending uh they used to do all these cool events like you know teach people how to use garage band teach people how right. to use uh iMovie and stuff yeah, that like. was like my son does this for a living yeah he's, like my, mm -hmm. my, he's one of the best yeah. one of the best <laughs> i swear one of the best <laughs> yeah yeah so so he, i found out like from him, he he was talking about it in in fleeting, talking about his friend at the Apple Store. I was like, "What friend?" <laughs> and then I discovered that he he's been hanging out with those people against their will. Yeah. <laughs> Poor bastards. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no. Have but, you heard of Ahmed? Yeah, Ahmed. <laughs> Ahmed does this for yeah. a living. Ahmed, my son, my son. I swear, uh, he's a I'm pioneer also, in the world of a pioneer in the field. <laughs> 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 I was always uh, like, like when I go to the Apple Store, I was like, why, why are these people looking at me funny? Like when I, when they just, as soon as they see my Apple ID, is that the guy? <laughs> You're a celebrity to them. Yeah, He's, yeah, he yeah. is the true genius. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Uh, oh man, I think man. this would be a good spot for us to uh, to end the podcast.
Ahmed, right. you're it. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. That was that was hysterical. It's really, it's really cool. To, what a cool story to end the show on. Yeah, and right. uh, thanks for having me. And it's nice, nice to 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 to, sh to share the airspace with you, Fauzi, and and my twin. My, my uh, yeah, exactly. My, my evil twin. I, my my. My honorable twin. You're my honorable <laughs> twin. I'll be the I'll be the evil one. You'll be the honorable one. You play everything. You play everything nice. You have like a good like you have like a good strong career in games, and you build you you pull yourself up through the ladder up. And I'm just like I'll burn stuff on the way. <laughs> I'll find it. I will I will find my way through. I'm, I'm taking the honorable route, but in the meantime, you you're the one who gets to hang out with Chue and all the big guys. Like that's, I, that's I true. think that's, I'm doing something true. wrong here. Yeah. I don't think you're doing something wrong. It's just I I burn stuff behind me, so I end up like you know. It's, it's, like, it's like Mass Effect. You know, a renegade is not the wrong choice. <laughs> uh, it works sometimes. <laughs> cool. Ahmed, where can people yeah. find you on the internet? Um, yeah, yes. you can find me on Twitter. Uh, Salamatism is kind of my uh, my handle everywhere. Salamatism, what a nice yeah, ring. It's a very good handle. Yeah, it uh, <laughs> it came from uh, physics class one day. But anyways, that's another story, <laughs> that's story, story for another time. And so for yeah, another time. thanks for having me, uh, dude. I look forward to having you another time. So we can now we leave people on a cliffhanger because they want to yeah. know where the, how the handle comes from. So you have <laughs> to tune to in to one episode in the future. We'll have Ahmed up again uh, yeah, to tell to us that back. story. <laughs> Cool. Um, uh, so yeah, thank you for joining in, and we'll talk to you next week. But for now, salam, salam. Ahmed, say a salam. Salam. <laughs> Sorry, I muted myself. <laughs> that was the Habibi's podcast for this week. I am Fauzi Masmar, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Fauzi Masmar. My fellow Habibis were Osama Dorias, who you can find on Twitter at Osama Dorias, and Rami Ismail, who you can find on Twitter at THA underscore Rami. Send us your questions, stories, and suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubela, and the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea, with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening. Salam. <laughs>